In America, our food choices are not always the healthiest, and we often eat for all the wrong reasons when we feel tired, stressed, anxious, or sad. As a result, we feel sluggish and lethargic and caffeinate ourselves to get through the day. Does that describe you? Believe it or not, there is a direct link between your stomach and your soul. We'll be going through a church-wide Daniel Fest in which we cut out the carbs, comfort food, and eat clean, primarily fruit, vegetables, and water. The 40-day fast is meant to tame our flesh and train our spirit to constantly choose Jesus over donuts, pizza, alcohol, and coffee. Join us for a life-changing experience. In just 40 days, you can feel better physically, mentally, and spiritually. Good morning, Liquid Church. Wow, glad you guys are here. I'm Pastor Tim. We got to give a big welcome to all our campuses all around New Jersey, six locations, joining us via live broadcast from Parsippany, New Jersey. We're so glad you guys are with us. Glad you're here for the kickoff of our new series, Fast, 40 Days to Breakthrough. For 40 days leading up to Easter, what we're doing is we are going through a church-wide fast. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's really called fasting, and it's kind of like praying. It's a spiritual discipline. It's what it is, it's abstaining from physical food, the good stuff, for a spiritual purpose as a way really to open our heart and draw closer to Christ. Now, this is a seven-week series. Typically, they're like three or four, and I told you last week there's two ways that you will get the most out of this next 40-day experience. And the first is this, make sure you get a fast guide. All right, they were flying off the shelf, thousands of them last week, but they're available today in the lobby at your campus, and I want you to bring it to service every single Sunday. If you have it with you, you can open up to the table of contents. You'll even see what I'm preaching on for the next seven weeks of content here, starting with fast food. And if you flip the page, you're going to see that tasty-looking hamburger with a welcome note. And look, there's fill-in-the-blank message notes. So if you got a pen, you want to click that right now. As we dig into God's Word, we want you to learn from the Bible. So get a guide, number one, and then number two, join a small group if you aren't in one yet. Small groups are the number one way we make a big church feel small at Liquid. And it's just a small group of 10 or 12 adults, friends from your campus, who meet together typically in someone's home. We kind of open the Bible. We pray together, care for each other. It's how you have friendship with other believers and dig into the content we introduce on Sunday. Now, here's the cool part. We're now over 250 small groups all around New Jersey. They meet different days of the week, every age and stage, single, married, you know, millennials, high schoolers, seniors. We're going to go through this content. And there's discussion questions every week. So if you ain't in a group yet, it's not too late. Just talk to your campus leaders after the service and they will plug you in. All right, ready to go? Let's do this. Let's open up our group guides to this Sunday's sermon, week one, which is titled Fast Food. Now, do we have any fast food fans here? Okay, you got frequent flyer miles at Wendy's, okay, Burger King, McDonald's, you know, ba 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 ba, heart attack. Uh, just kidding, but I do need to warn you, I actually kind of struggle with some of the photography in this guide because the creative team was like, aren't these beautiful food photographs? I'm like, this is food pornography. This makes me stumble, right? Jesus said, my yoke is easy and light. Now, I'm not sure he had a bacon, egg, and cheese in mind, right, or pork roll. Uh, our creative team, what they did, they had some fun kind of juxtaposing Bible verses with some of our common vices, like coffee, uh, Philippians 4, you give me strength for battle. Now you know the Apostle Paul wrote that while sipping a grande mocha, right? Here's the deal. It's going to be hard, guys, because cutting out carbs and coffee, especially during the winter, it's something about the cold. I just want to kind of curl up with a cheeseburger and hibernate. 
But in 40 days, it's going to be spring. So that means it's time for spring cleaning where we kind of put aside some of the unhealthy habits of winter and we eat clean, primarily vegetables. We drink water. And that's what the Daniel fast is. It is comprised of what we're going to learn today. It's modifying your physical diet in order to grow closer to God spiritually. And it's pretty counterculture nowadays. I mean, think about this. The majority of the world eats for survival, right? Like globally, the majority of people, when do you eat? They eat when they're hungry. But as Americans, we eat when we feel tired, right? We feel a little bit of sluggish, you know. We go to, uh, we go to church. The, uh, you know what the fastest growing church in America is? St. Arbuck's. They got a temple on every corner, very loyal congregation, okay? We eat when we are stressed. Any emotional eaters? You feel overwhelmed or anxious, nothing like a Cinnabon or chocolate chip muffin to take the edge off, my comfort and deliverer. You know David wrote that at Panera. Or you feel maybe tempted, right? You feel tempted sometimes. That's when you eat, right? Your, your weakness, you're like, I'm not even hungry, but that pepperoni pizza, God said it was good. Double cheese stuff, crust, double good, <laughs> right? And have you ever done this? Have you ever eaten when you're just bored, where you actually just open up the refrigerator and you're like, I'm not even hungry, <laughs> Or you're bored at work, so you hit the vending machine for a Milky Way or a bag of chips. People eat when they're sad, you know, or feel empty. You know, there's, there's not, you know, if you have a painful breakup, Ben and Jerry can help with that. You know, they're like, they're always available. We were sad. We were glad for birthdays. It doesn't matter. My point is, Americans, we eat for all sorts of reasons that have very little to do with hunger or thirst. But here's the deal. This is not a series about guilting you. Oh, you know, you eat so poorly. In fact, did you know this? The Bible says that food can be used for other purposes than just survival. It can actually be used for a spiritual purpose. The Bible says there's a connection between your stomach and our soul or our spirit. And from the very beginning of time, fasting has been a powerful way for drawing closer to God. Now, what is fasting? If you're keeping up, you're filling in those blanks in your notes Simply stated, fasting is this. Here's a good definition. It's refraining from physical food for a what? A spiritual purpose. In other words, we intentionally say no to our appetite, our flesh, and we say yes in our spirit to the things of God. Fasting is saying, you know, I'm so hungry for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need his wisdom. I need his power. I need his blessing, his breakthrough. I'm more hungry for him than for a hamburger. I mean, have you ever experienced that kind of hunger for God? Let me ask this. Have you ever wondered, is this as good as it gets, like the Christian life? Like, is this like the robust life to the full that I'm experiencing? Maybe your prayer life has gone flat. Maybe you, you're like, I, I want to experience God more intimately, more powerfully. Here's what Jesus promised. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness are they going to be filled? Filled with what? Filled with the Spirit of God himself. The Bible says that your body is not just a body. It's not just a bag of chemicals and water. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, in the Old Testament they had a temple, but in the New Testament, where is the Spirit of God? In you, in your temple. And fasting, when you give up certain food and drink to cleanse your body and make room for the Holy Spirit, it is one of the secret sources of spiritual power all throughout Scripture, Old Testament to New. Just like prayer. Remember, Jesus says, this kind comes out by fasting and prayer. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that can bring you into a powerful encounter with God. Jenison Franklin, who wrote the New York Times bestselling book, Fasting, he writes this. He says, fasting has always 
been part of a normal part of relationship with God. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. Now, now some of you may be like, you know, what's he talking about, man? What is it? You know, I get this. This is Lent. This is all going to be legalistic. I got to get my Starbucks, right? If you, you know, if you, if you take away my coffee, I may take away my Christianity, right? I'm not a very good Christian, but I don't have my caffeine. Well, here's the deal. If you're resistant to the idea of fasting, I'm not surprised. There is a lot of kind of confusion out there. So let me clarify for you what fasting is not. You'll see this in your notes. Fasting, first off, is not dieting. This is not about weight loss or fitting in your skinny jeans this spring. We're, we're not doing this to help our congregation get in shape, though, though it has a, fasting generally has a super positive impact on your health. You probably will lose some weight, no doubt. But it's not about dying. It's not the purpose. Fasting is also not just for the super spiritual. See, that's what a lot of people think. Well, isn't that something that like monks in a cave do somewhere in the desert, you know? I remember growing up in a church and the only people I knew who fasted in the church were the old cranky Christians, you know? It didn't make them more like Christ. It made them cranky. And it seemed like so serious and they were legalistic, like, you ate that Pop-Tart, you're going to hell, you know? That's a misconception. Fasting's for ordinary everyday Christ followers like you and me. Remember, Jesus himself fasted 40 days, and he expected that his disciples would fast as well. In fact, in Jesus' mind, this is kind of cool, fasting was not optional. He assumed that every Christian would do this. You're like, really? In Matthew 6, Jesus preached a sermon called the Beatitudes, or the Blessings, that described how his disciples were supposed to live as a, a free child of God with the Spirit in them. And here's what Jesus said to his followers, a series of three things. He said, when you give, in other words, when you, when you donate financially to the work of God, when you pray, when you talk to your Father in heaven, and then he said, when you what? Fast. Notice, it's when, not if. In other words, Jesus just assumed that his followers were giving generously, they were praying passionately, and they were fasting regularly. Give, pray, fast. Can we say those three together? Give, pray, and fast. Now, most people agree with prayer. You're like, well, of course, you pray. That's how you talk with your Father in heaven. Most Christians give generously. A lot of us here, we give a portion of our income right back to God. It's a way to train our heart, right? Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. But when you fast, wait, I thought this was optional. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? He made it very clear to his first century followers, that fasting, like praying or tithing, it's just a normal part of Christian life. In other words, it's a spiritual discipline, one of the ways you grow closer to God and deepen your relationship with him. Now, time out. Don't mishear me. Because some of you have had legalistic backgrounds. This is ringing bells, like i got to do these things or God's going to be mad at me. We live under grace, not law. You know what that means is you're not required to do these to earn God's favor or get him to love you and bless you. You are already loved and blessed by God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not, never about what you do to earn God's favor. It's what Christ did for you on the cross. So understand this isn't about like earning God's love or manipulating to give you blessings. It's just one of the three basic disciplines that Jesus said every Christian is going to do if they want to get closer to their Father in heaven. Now let me ask you this question though. Is it just possible you're missing out on some of God's biggest breakthroughs because you ignore 
basic disciplines. For instance, if you feel like your faith has grown stale, you're like, I find it hard to pray, my mind wanders, I lack like passion. Or maybe you're like, man, Tim, I remember, you know, like seven years ago, I was on fire for God. But I don't know, man, just kind of, I lost my first love. How do you get that back? One of the ways Jesus said is fasting. It is emptying your stomach so God can replenish and refill your spirit. Let me show you how this works in the Bible. There are three types of fast that you'll see throughout Scripture if you're taking notes. The first is called an absolute fast. I don't mean absolute vodka. Let me clarify. This is an absolute. This is where you stop eating and drinking completely, all right? Maybe, some of you have probably done this. Like if you ever had surgery and they tell you to fast the night before, they're going to do a medical exam fast, right? In the Bible, you'll see an absolute fast is used to seek God's favor or breakthrough, especially during a time of crisis. For example, in the Old Testament book of Esther, where the Jewish people are faced with annihilation, Queen Esther calls her people to an absolute fast before she goes to intervene with the king. Here's what Esther said. She says, go, gather together all the Jews and fast for me. Do not, let's read it together, do not eat or drink for how long? Three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. And when this is done, I'll go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. Now did Esther perish? No. Esther's fast literally saved her people. God broke through in a national crisis, acted powerfully, saving Esther and all of the Hebrews. Not only were they spared, but her enemy was hanged on the gallows that he built. So understand the salvation of an entire nation happened because one woman called an absolute fast with God's people and said, I'm not going to eat or drink for three days. Uh, to me, it's like, here, there's a challenge. Is there someone in your life who needs salvation? They're, they're like far from God and you're desperate for them to, to, to experience God's love and forgiveness? Fast for them this spring. The second kind of fast is a supernatural fast. And it's called that because it's medically impossible to survive without the intervention of God. For example, when Moses downloaded the Ten Commandments from God, he went 40 days without drinking water or eating. Here's what Exodus says. Moses was there with the Lord. This is on Mount Sinai. 40 days, 40 nights, without eating bread or drinking water. Do you know you could go a couple weeks without food? How, many, how long can you go without water? About four days. That's it. You're dead. This is a supernatural fast. I am not medically recommending this, Okay. But this is an amazing moment where God downloads direct revelation. He gives them the Ten Commandments on which the entire civilization is based. So 40-day fast, long time. You'll see it throughout Scripture. We saw it last week when Jesus began his ministry. We turn to the New Testament. He spends 40 days and nights in the wilderness. That's where we get the 40 days of Lent. They represent the 40 days Jesus was tempted by Satan. But watch, strengthened by the Holy Spirit for his mission and assignment from God. Now, obviously, supernatural fast is extreme, but it's a way of just saying, God, if you don't show up in my life, I'm dead meat. I'm dead. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your empowerment for my life. The third type of fast is a partial fast, and that's what we're going to be doing. And this is where only you, you eliminate certain foods for a limited length of time. And the best Old Testament example of this is the Daniel fast. And that is the fast our entire church is going to be going on for the next 40 days. Daniel focused on eating organically, primarily fruits, vegetables, and drinking only water. 
okay? He did this for 10 days, and he did it for 21 days. And this is the fast we're going to study. I want to challenge you to consider this as a way of drawing closer to Christ and sinking God's renewal in your own life. And I'm going to give you three options, by the way, to choose from, especially if you have medical issues or you have a health situation. Maybe it won't allow you to fast food. There are lots of alternatives. So if you look at page two, I printed Daniel chapter one. We're going to look through this, and I want to show you how the Daniel fast originated. The background of Daniel one is war, and uh, I want you to read along with me starting at verse one says this, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of, what's that town? Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. You've seen a siege. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. So they stole some of the church stuff. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and he put the treasure in the house of his God, small g. So you got the idea? Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he sacks Jerusalem. He breaks into the temple. They basically knock it down and, and, and take the treasure back to Babylon. Now, do you know where Babylon is, by the way? Anyone know what country? Modern day Iraq, all right? This is in the Middle East. Then the king ordered the chief of his court officials to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the what? The royal family and the nobility, not women. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve where? In the king's palace. Now, this was a very common practice. When Nebuchadnezzar conquered the Jews, he basically said, I'm taking the best and the brightest men you have as hostages. And I'm taking them back to Babylon, and I'm going to brainwash them. I'm going to retrain and reprogram them to become Babylonian. They're going to serve me in my palace. So Daniel and his friends, they're Jewish, and they had to be basically acculturated or assimilated into this new culture. So here's the question. How do you turn a Hebrew into a Babylonian? Babylonia was a dark, decadent, corrupt culture, godless. Well, he had a three-step strategy. He said, first, I'm going to give you new names. And he changed their names. Daniel became Belshazzar, Meshach, Abednego, his friends. Secondly, he says, I want to make you learn the language. You want to come to this country, you better learn the language. It says this, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians, right? If you want someone to kind of fit into your culture, what do you have them do? You help them learn your language, read your books, watch your movies. But then this is the sly thing. He says, the third thing is, I'm going to change your daily diet. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and what? Food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that to enter the king's service. So this is the final step to brainwash these guys is through what goes in their bellies. Nebuchadnezzar tries to conform to the culture by saying, I'm going to give you food and wine, not just any, but from the king's table. Now, have ever, any of you ever eaten king's food? Have you ever seen king's food? Let me show you what king's food looks like. Thank you very much. Behold, food from kings. Ta-da! Here it is. Take a look. Yeah, I went shopping at king's, man. They were looking at me. They're like, what in the world? Double stuffed Oreos, Chips Ahoy, Red Baron pizza. We got Doritos party size. Pop-Tarts, not a lick of actually food product in there. 
uh, sweet potato fries. We got, this is amazing, Mountain Dew, diet Mountain Dew, because we can tell you're a healthy, conscious person there. Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch, thanks parents, sugar your kids up, send them to school. Uh, we got everything here, man, mac and cheese, sweet and sour chicken, spaghetti and meatballs, oh, oh jumbo chocolate butter cookies, because you're American. Uh, Pringles, this is my thing in the morning, this is my jam, all right, Dunkin' Donuts creamer there, uh, you got a little bit of Coca-Cola, I mean, basically everything that you could possibly want, the richest, most decadent food you could think of, and it says, uh, the king assigned them this food, and what, and what, wine, okay, so we go in a little bit, should I just, let's just do this, let's just like, let's just blow all the Baptist minds right now, just kind of, right? A little Prosecco here. Behold, a feast fit for a king. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar's table was full of the richest, most decadent food. In fact, the King James Version, you know what it calls it? Pleasant food or party food. The, the choicest meats. The, the, oh, here we go. The richest sweets. And, and uh, oh, look at this. I got, a, I got a little cake down here. Look at this thing. I had some fun here, man. The woman was like, oh, you're throwing a party. I was like, it's just for me. <laughs> little blueberry bunt cake here. And let's see if I can just kind of get this thing off here. Nebuchadnezzar's like, welcome to Babylon. <laughs> right? Pretty sneaky. Because once you ate the king's food, bro, you were hooked. You're like, man, I don't feel so well. But the next day you were like, what was that Reese's Puffs? That's delicious. Watch. You'd crave it, and suddenly you depended on the king for your daily bread. But what's Daniel do? I want you to look at verse 8. Read this with me, church. But Daniel, what's the word? Resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Circle that word resolve in your notes, and I want you to write the word spiritual vow. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is a vow to God, a commitment that says, my allegiance to you, God, is more important to me than my physical comfort. And it says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Get it? He says, King, with all due respect, you ain't going to control this, and you ain't going to control this by what goes in this. That's resolve. He says, can I replace these things? What do you mean? In verse 12, he offers his captors an alternative. He says this, please, let's have a little food test. Taste test, that's even better. <laughs> please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but what? Vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the other dudes who eat the royal food. And then you treat your servants in accordance with what you see. In other words, Daniel's like, King, with all due respect, sir, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> you're trying to dull my appetite for the God of my fathers and, and get me to conform to your, your decadent culture where you have things like, like a carrot cake. But King, I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty with organic carrots, right? Guys, this is actually high rebellion. This is a food fight. This is an act of defiance against a dark, decadent culture that he's captive in. And Daniel says this, give me 10 days. 
for 10 days, give me nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And that's the Daniel fast. Where Daniel says, I'm going to give up. Oh, I'm giving up my chicken wing bucket. I'm giving up my carrot cake. I'm giving up. Oh, Cheez-Its are my jam. No. My El Paso nachos. I'm going to give it all up for 10 days. And I'm going all natural. I'm going to cleanse the temple with fresh fruit, apples, oranges, grapefruit. I'm going to eat bananas. I'm going to eat seeds. I'm going to eat whole grains. I'm going to juice. I'm going to eat peppers. All that come organically out of the ground as a way of cleansing myself and showing you this temple's full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that. He said, I'm going to honor God with my diet. You know what God did? He said, I'm going to honor Daniel. I want you to look at this. This is incredible. Look at the result. Underline verse 15. It says at the end of the 10 days, they looked what? Healthier and what? Better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. In other words, the other guys ate all this crap and they slept till one in the afternoon. <laughs> when one of God's children found himself in a corrupt culture, that tempted him to compromise his commitment to God. Daniel fasted. And he fasted as an act of allegiance to the Lord. He honored heaven's king over the Babylonian king. And what was the result? God honored Daniel. He's healthier. He was stronger. He was better nourished. And catch this. This is, to me is the coolest part. Because it's not just like, oh, he got in shape. This is the cool part. God released supernatural anointing. Supernatural gifts to Daniel and his friends who fasted together in their small group. Verse 17 says this. To these four young men, God gave what? Knowledge and understanding. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Circle that word visions and dreams. We're going to talk about why that's so important next week. In other words, Daniel denied his flesh for a season. Heaven opens... And God releases spiritual gifts into his life. Have you ever prayed for, for spiritual gifts in your life? David became a powerful leader in Babylon. And as you're going to see next week, nine chapters later, God says, I pick you. Because you put me first, I'm putting you first. You're going to be my man who's going to deliver a vision that's going to change the course of history. You talk about a breakthrough. The story of Daniel is a story of a young man who, who pushed away from the king's table for a season and said, you know what, king, you can keep your party food, but I'm going to honor God with my body, my mind, my soul by fasting. He sought God's strength in a crisis situation and the Lord saw his sacrifice and reward him. Guys, that's the power of fasting. Your body was created by God and for God and it is not a garbage can. Your body will go on forever. It is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. In the new heavens and new earth, you will have a physical body. It will be glorified, praise God. But right here on earth, there's something that happens when we push away for a season and say, God, I want you to cleanse my temple. Because when God sees an empty, sanctified vessel, he says, I love to fill that up in a supernatural way. Powerful stuff. Guys, this Daniel fast that we see here in chapter 1, is the partial fast I want to challenge you to consider doing this spring. I mean, what would happen? All kidding aside, you pushed away for 40 days and you made a spiritual vow like Daniel and said, God, my whole body is a living sacrifice to you. 
I need your strength more than I need Starbucks strength. <laughs> I need your power more than a power bar. I need to see your breakthrough power in my life with my kids, my marriage. God, I need wisdom and guidance so I can have a clear head and understand the path you have my life to take. Do you think God might answer the, that cry of your heart if you honored a spiritual vow to him? See, what's important here, guys, is not Daniel's diet. It's the heart behind his fast. Daniel trusted God. He said, I have an appetite to see the Holy Spirit, and I'm more hungry for spiritual food than the comfort food I crave, and God honored that. So when we talk about doing a Daniel fast, you got to understand, we're not just trying to duplicate Daniel's diet, but his heart behind it. The spirit in which he sought and fasted after the Lord. And here's the deal. You don't got to be a spiritual giant to do a Daniel fast. Fasting is a spiritual discipline for ordinary, everyday people who simply want a deeper, richer connection with God, a fresh touch of his spirit, the spring. Now, you may have never fasted before in your life. Can I see a show of hands? How many of you have never fasted before? No judgment. Like, that's totally cool. I'd expect the majority of you, okay? All right, I got you. No, that's totally cool. That's, in fact, why we chose this fast. See, if you've never fasted, the Daniel fast is a good entry-level fast to start with because it's not that you're not eating for 40 days. It's a replacement fast. You're not going without food and drink. You're replacing them for a season. If you look on page six of your guide, you're going to see a whole list of foods to eat and foods to avoid. It's actually very nutritious. It is full of variety. It's, it's, uh, instead of eating meats, breads, and sweets, you replace it with vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, seeds, uh, and you don't drink soda, you don't drink alcohol and coffee and all that, you replace it with pure water. And the idea here is you're giving up something physical, your physical comfort, in order to gain spiritual strength from God. Fresh power, fresh revelation in your life wherever you need it the most. I mean, I told you last week, some of us are facing huge challenges this year, right? You're like, man, it's early in 2018, and I've got this huge mountain in front of me. And Jesus says, this kind comes down through prayer and fasting. Where do you need breakthrough? At your job, maybe you're unemployed. You need breakthrough in your family. Maybe somebody you love is sick and they need healing or a marriage needs saving or you're weighing a decision and you're like, I just need to know the mind of God. There's all sorts of reasons to fast. And the Bible teaches your stomach can be a gateway to the soul because doing a Daniel fast cleanses the temple. It trains you to hunger and thirst to God alone and seek that kind of spiritual breakthrough in your life. Now, if you've never fasted, don't be intimidated. We're not going to get legalistic about this, right? You're not going to go to hell if you eat a Dorito, okay? You're going to go to the bathroom a while, but you're not going to go to hell. We live under grace, not law. We, you don't, get this way, we don't fast because we have to. We fast because we want to. We've got a Father in heaven who loves us, who gave up his only son for us. What else will he hold back from us if we seek him with all our heart? And we've got some simple resources to support you in this fast. One of them is Karen O'Sullivan, who attends our campus in Essex County. Can we hear it for Essex County? Pastor Jason Pettibone and the crew. Karen is actually a trained, uh, she's a trained nutritionist. She's an integrative health coach, working on her master's. And I asked her if she'd answer some common questions about what makes a healthy fast. Because everybody in this room and at our campus, you're all different situations, right? Some of you are worried. You're like, dude, I don't, I don't know if I can like, you know, eat carrots and hummus for six weeks. Is there more variety? Yes, there is. Some of you are like, what if I have, have a health issue? What, what if I have a medical condition and I can't fast food or mess with my diet? There are plenty of options. I want you to listen to what Karen has to say. 
Hey guys, Pastor Tim here with my friend Karen O'Sullivan from Liquid Essex County. Hi everyone. Glad you guys are here. Want to talk to you today a little bit about our upcoming series called Fast, 40 Days to Breakthrough. And so what we're going to be doing as a church is for 40 days, we're going to be going through the scriptures. There's many examples of fasting throughout the Old Testament and new. And we're going to be experiencing a Daniel fast where we're going to kind of cut the carbs, all the comfort food for a season and really eat clean, focusing on fresh vegetables and fruit. And there's all sorts of fun things, smoothies that you can do so you're not just eating blueberries for 40 days. So don't worry. That's one of the reasons I want to bring Karen into the conversation. Karen has actually worked as a certified health coach for the last nine years, and you're currently working on your master's in clinical nutrition. Is that accurate? That's correct. So you know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is my world. This is your world. Yeah, pretty much. And hopefully for the next 40 days, we're really going to come together and experience not something physical, but something that's going to give us mental clarity and alertness and draw us closer to Jesus Christ. So Karen, can we ask you a few questions? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Well, first off, Karen, this is kind of a replacement fast. In other words, we're not completely cutting out food, but we're getting rid of some of the common toxins, as you call them. Tell, tell us what, what some of the foods are that we're going to want to avoid for 40 days. Well, you want to avoid foods that are processed and they're full of sugar and caffeine and additives, preservatives, all like the classic foods that are on the standard American diet, but also meat we're cutting out. Oh, I'm a meat so. guy. All meat? <laughs> All meat. So you're basically going on a vegan diet okay. that is rich in whole foods like vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds, um, avocados, and, and whole grains as well. We're eating clean, basically. You are eating very clean. <laughs> That's what my wife says. And you're going to notice in your group's guide, it's good. It's funny because we have scripture in here, but then we also have a shopping list for you. And Karen's going to be providing some information about the kind of things on her blog that you can pick up. But you're going to see the, here are the foods, that you, the fruits you want to eat, the whole grains, the legumes, beans are a big part of this. Absolutely. That's Nuts, a good source of protein. Good source of protein. That's going to be the challenge, getting enough protein, I would assume. Yes. Protein is going to be a big challenge because most of us are just used to eating meat for protein. But whole grains and beans are excellent sources of protein and vegetables also provide some protein as well. So a big challenge for somebody like me, I know number one, right? I'm going to have a little caffeine withdrawal. In fact, I'm trying right now even to wean myself off of creamer <laughs> before I get to the coffee, but I'll get there. I'm going to get there by the fast. You will. Um, but I think that's a big challenge because some people might have some health conditions, you know, where they can't, you know, get rid of all, uh, you know, they may need the grilled chicken. Tell us about some of the medical conditions that our leaders are going to want to be aware of. Yes. Um, if you're on uh, any sort of medication okay. for diabetes or heart disease, uh, thyroid medication, or even medication for autoimmune disorders, you need to check with your physician before you start this because some of the foods may interact with the medication and some of the foods may change the way you're digesting and metabolizing things and it, change the medication's effectiveness. Yeah. Um, also, if you're pregnant or nursing, it, a fast is not advisable during this time, but you can do one of the different levels that we're going to talk about instead. Um, and also for small children, fasting is not really advisable. What we want to talk a little bit about are some options that you can have, because some people are going to say, great, I'm going on a pure Daniel fast, fruits, vegetables, nuts, other sorts of alternative protein. Others are going to say, and I'll be honest, I'm one of those guys who's a little bit like, man, I'm a big dude. I need a little bit of something harder to grab onto, especially when I'm working out and stuff. So we may have people who say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with a Daniel fast, but I'm going to include grilled chicken on it. Is that acceptable? 
Absolutely. I mean, you have to work with what your body tells you. Um, even I actually will be adding in chicken broth and other sort of meat-based broths and soups because it's winter and I need some extra protein. I don't have a lot on me. I need some padding. You could take some of mine. That would be I fine. We'll it. just trade. <laughs> the other thing that you could do is you could say, you know what? I'm not going to fast uh, all seven days out of the week. I'm going to fast one day a week. Uh, you know, I'm going to take that Friday and I'm going to fast and commit that to the Lord. That's completely fine. We aren't legalistic about this. We want you to get the spirit of it, which is saying, I'm going to sacrifice something physical so I can concentrate spiritually because that time you spend eating, we want you to repurpose and say, you know what, I'm going to spend that actually meditating on God's word, right? The God's word is the bread of life. And I'm going to spend that time also in prayer, really trying to draw close to Jesus. Another thing that I know was suggested was the possibility of even saying, I'm going to fast one meal a day. Would that work? Absolutely. I mean, there are no rules around this, yeah. really. The rule is just, or the idea of this fast is really just to sacrifice a little bit, yep. get off the standard American diet that yep. is not energizing us and fueling us, and give us the energy that we can pray and, and bond with our life groups and bond with the church together. Karen said, last time we did this, because we did a fast a while ago, we did it for about 21 days. And people, you know, right after about a few days, they were just like, what do I eat besides, you know, carrots and hummus? Hummus and peanut butter. That's what people lived off of. Yeah, which is not healthy. No, we want to avoid that. So we want to make sure that you know that there are options. Um, as we said before, this is a replacement. So what we're doing, we're cutting out foods that you may be used to eating, but we're adding in so many different foods that you may not be familiar with. But there is a whole new world of whole foods out there, and we want you to take advantage of that. Karen, what other resources are you going to be providing so that our leaders can kind of guide their folks to successful participation in the fast? Well, as you mentioned, I'm going to be putting together a blog called Karen's Kitchen, okay. and that's going to be on the Liquid website. And there I'll have tips and recipes that I'll be posting online, um, like this one where we I made you a bright green smoothie. This is to drink. It is to drink. <laughs> you made this with your Vitamix. I did. So tell, it's basically, tell me what's in it. it's just spinach, frozen pineapple, banana, some ginger, and then I liquefied it with some coconut water. Really? Can, I, can I try it? Please do. It's my kid's favorite smoothie, and I've done this smoothie in and out of schools, and everybody loves it. I'm shocked. You're telling me there's no sugar in this? No sugar. Just natural sugar from fruit. That's incredible. I'm not just doing that for the camera. This is actually incredible. I'm shocked. I was sort of like, oh, I have to drink something with spinach. That's actually excellent. <laughs> well, you could use kale if you prefer. <laughs> oh, don't sneak any kale in there on me. That is, oh, uh... <laughs> so there's a lot of things, smoothies, all sorts of creative things. Have fun with it. You know, don't, like, like Tim said, don't get legalistic about it, but enjoy the foods, yeah. um, share ideas, share your creativity with each other, and you guys are gonna do great. Yeah, I remember the last time we went through this as a church, guys, there was an absolute spiritual quickening that happened because what happens is we kind of, uh, you know, unclutter our body with all these things. My, I remember my mental clarity. There was just a sharpness, it's like the fog lifted. That's happened every time I've kind of weaned myself off of coffee. So I'm looking forward to that. But for now, know from my heart to yours, I thank God for you. Love being your pastor. Can't wait to see the breakthrough that happens with fast together. Who's with me for the Daniel fast? You guys in? You ready to do this? All right. You're going to take your Starbucks, say, get behind me, Satan. All right. This is actually what I've started uh, drinking here. Uh, this is Green Goddess. I was so surprised by how good that smoothie was here. It's 100% fruit juice, apples, pineapple, mangoes, banana, kiwi. This actually gets my system going now in the morning. Now, here's the deal. The fast doesn't start this week. So don't freak out like, okay, we got to start fasting. I thought we were going to lunch. The fast starts next Sunday. 
So that means you can still go out for a nice dinner on Valentine's Day. Isn't that nice? We intentionally did that because we want to give you a week to think and pray about this. I want to invite our ushers at every campus to come forward, and they're going to pass out right now a copy of our fasting contract with all the details so you can understand what's involved. This is actually a copy of page five in your fast guide, and it's got all the different information about the fast. We want you to take it home, read it, think about it. It's got the list of foods to eat, you know, stuff you should avoid. We want you to think this week about a shopping list because you want to be prepared. And then you're going to see on here the dates of the fast. It starts next Sunday. February 18th, basically with dinner. After you eat dinner, we start the fast. And then we'll finish the fast on Good Friday, March 30th. It's just in time for Easter weekend, okay? And then we're going to have party like it's 1999 when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Now, notice it says contract. This is not like a legal document. It's not binding. No one's going to, food cops aren't showing up at your house. This is between you and God. And I want you to take this home. I want you to discuss it with your partner, your family. Talk about it with your small group this week. And I want you to pray about it. Pray about it. Don't say, I'm doing it. Pray about it. If the Lord is prompting you to participate, just fill it out. Bring it back next Sunday. If you give us your name, your info, I want you to put, notice it says your reason for fasting. Your fast needs to have a focus. I'm going to talk about this more next week. What are you seeking God for? And here's something kind of cool. We created a daily devotional with our pastors from every campus that we're going to post on Facebook each morning to encourage you. It's called 7 at 7. It's a seven-minute Bible and prayer devotional that goes live on Facebook every morning at 7 a.m. So those are the details, but I just wanted to be clear that you've got options. And there are three options I want you to consider. Three different kinds of fasts you can choose from. Some of you are already you told me, like, Tim, I'm in. I'm doing the full 40-day Daniel fast. You know, you're doing no meats, no sweets, bread, alcohol. Avoid everything with preservatives, fillers, and chemicals, and replace that with fruits, vegetables, and water. You're like, I'm in. Now, if you do that this week, I'm just telling you, you need to start weaning yourself, okay? Off of the sugar, off of the coffee. Start eating smaller meals to actually signal to your stomach, hey, we're about to change things up next Sunday. Do not do what most Americans do. Like, I am going to Pizza Hut Buffet on Saturday night, and I'm going to tear that place down. If you don't want to do the full fast, you may consider a modified fast. For instance, I had a guy come up to me last week. He said, Tim, I'm a construction worker. <laughs> he goes, I can't, bro. I need physical energy to do my job. He said, but I'm off on Saturdays. Could I do a fast on Saturday? I was like, absolutely. Modify the fast how it works for you. Maybe you just want to fast one meal each week. Maybe you do the Daniel fast, but you add a protein, you add chicken. Do whatever makes healthy sense for you. Maybe you're like, you know what, I can't do the food, but I'm going to get off booze. I'm going to get off alcohol, my wine habit, or soda. I'm going to drink only water. I was talking with a guy whose uncle is Catholic and gives up alcohol every year for Lent. And he said he loses about 20 pounds every spring but then he gains it right back by drinking uh, after Easter. My hope is this may be a lifestyle change for some of you, actually breaking addictions and dependencies. So you modify it to your situation. You may have a medical condition. If you're diabetic, you shouldn't fast. If you're pregnant or you're recovering from an eating disorder, probably unwise to mess with your diet. 
Use common sense. I spoke last Sunday with a woman who has digestive issues. Her husband's on blood thinners. They can't fast. And if that's you, let me encourage you to consider this third option. It's a non-food fast. Fast for four days of something like social media. Could you do that? Could some of you, it's more painful for you to give up Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. This is what our high schoolers are doing. They're doing a social media fast for 40 days. Some of you who binge watch Netflix, I know what you're doing, all right? Maybe you go on a screen fast. You say, instead of binge watching for four days, I'm going to repurpose that time uh, that I binge watched, you know, Netflix or played video games, and I'm actually going to open God's word, read the Bible, and spend time with the Lord. Remember, guys, we're fasting with a purpose. It's so we can feast on God's word. As a church, we're going to focus on Bible reading, prayer, and journaling for 40 days. In fact, I want to show you this to end. There is on page 9 a blank journal space in the guide, and you'll see it periodically. And this says, the opening one says, write your prayer, this section, to write a prayer to the Lord and let him know how you're going to participate. Commit your purpose to him. It may be due to the dietary restrictions you're not able to participate in a limited way. That's fine. Jesus is interested in your heart far more than how much food you eat or don't. Use this week to be honest with the Lord how you're feeling physically, spiritually, emotionally. Take a little inventory, and then you may just write a few words or even just draw something and pray. Dear Jesus, as I begin this fast, here's what I'm committing to you. Guys, I'm excited about this. I mean, I'm like, what might God do if 4,000 people across all our campuses watching online, what might God do if for a season we humbled ourselves and said, I'm going to seek his face like never before? Our whole church fasting and praying together for breakthrough. I want you to think about choosing one of these three options and ask yourself, man, what blessings is God waiting to release? What bondage is broken? What relationships restored? You can fast about any situation, big or fall, uh, big or small. I want you to fast about it. Maybe there's a, somebody sick and you're fasting for their recovery. You need God to break through. Maybe you're facing unemployment, wondering whether to move and doors seem locked. You can't sell your house. Or you can't buy a house. Or we can't conceive a child. We want to start a family. I can't get a job here. Fast about it. Human strength is not enough. You need heaven's power. And God's asking you, will you seek my face through fasting? I'm praying that God, guys, for some of you, I'm praying God is going to just break addictions that you've been powerless against. Jug food, cigarettes, Weed, pornography, I don't care what it is. Can you imagine in 40 days being clean by the power of God? The key question you need to answer is this. What is a meaningful sacrifice for you? Spend this week praying about what the Lord's leading you to fast from. What's his spirit calling you to sacrifice so you can grow closer to Christ this spring? What will be different in 40 days if you resolve, you make a spiritual vow like Daniel did, said, this body, this is a living sacrifice to you, Lord. Do what you want. I want you to complete this contract. Bring it back next Sunday if you're in. We're going to collect them. We're going to consecrate this fast. And then next Sunday night, February 18th, we'll start our 40-day journey together and seek God's breakthrough in the days leading up to Easter. Who's with me? Clap if you're with me. You guys in? Let's pray together and dedicate these 40 days to God. God, I'm excited about what you're doing already, God, in our church. But Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit will move in a fresh way. That there'd be an outpouring of spiritual vitality. 
People would see themselves hungry. People who don't take a, a second to pray or think of you during the day, Father God, will find an appetite for Jesus awakened that will encounter you in your word. It'll come alive and you'll start speaking to us, God, like never before. Tune our ears, the eyes and ears of our heart to your frequency. And God, I know you're moving in a, in a way in my life. You're creating a hunger in me, Lord, for revival. I want to see that. I want to be part of that, God. I want to see your people on fire for you. Father, we want to live. We know we're living in dark days. <laughs> a culture that's always asking us to compromise at every level. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we reject that. We are going to stand up for you and we ask you to cleanse this temple and fill us afresh so that we may be effective followers of Jesus, that we could lift him up, less of us, more of him in these 40 days. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said together, amen. amen.